Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. Well, I want to welcome you to Ignite Your Passion, a a podcast that will stir your heart to reach others for Jesus Christ. My desire for this podcast is that we would tap into the very heart of God because we know that the heart of God is for the world. And so we need to have his heart. We need to be men and women after the heart of God. And when we are, we will have a heart to reach others for Christ. Uh, These podcasts we're bringing to you on, on igniting your passion. We're praying that God will stir something in your life. I pray that in the church we'll begin to discuss evangelism and how we can reach other people for Christ. And that's why I'm excited today about our guest, Frank Shivers. Frank, welcome to Ignite Your Passion. Thank you, Sam. It's a joy to be with you. Well, it's great to have you, and uh, you and I have really gotten to know each other through an organization called the Conference of Southern Baptist Evangelists, and uh, I don't know what, it, uh, they must be desperate because they elected me president and you vice president. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, uh, and so we've gotten to know each other through this relationship, and, and I'm just so thankful for that, and, and you've enriched my life, and I appreciate it so much. Um, you are an evangelist, and you have a heart to reach people for Christ. Uh, this I know this didn't happen by accident. T- give me a little background. Give us some background on why you're an evangelist, why you have a heart to reach people for Christ. Tell, what happened in your life to, to bring you this direction? Well, Sammy, way back yonder, uh, years ago in the dark ages, when I was a child, I was attending a revival meeting at the at a little country church at the top of the road uh, that wherein I lived. And uh, I came under conviction during the invitation time, and I can remember it as vividly as it happened last night. And I looked over to my brother, and I said, Hey, I, I, I'll, I'll go up if you'll go up. I, I felt the Lord dealing, dealing in my heart. And we both went up. And, and that night I remember going to a back room and kneeling and giving my heart to Jesus Christ. So it all began there in that revival meeting, what I believe is having rippling impact in my life to this very day. That, that was when I was eight or nine years old. And then following that, uh, as I grew older, I had, my heart was inflamed uh, with the gospel to share it with others uh, and getting people to church and getting people to revival meetings. And uh, it was a while before I came to understand and learn how to be a soul winner, but Initially, there was that passion within my heart birth uh, uh, from conversion that wanted me to get people to God the best way I knew how. Was there an influence of a pastor or was your church an evangelistic church or was it just <laughs> your meeting the Lord that did that or, or were, were there any other influences? No, no, I, I, I cannot point to any other influence outside of outside of the Holy Spirit birthing that within me. Uh, it was years, it was years uh, before I heard a message on soul winning. Uh, it, was, it was years before I heard a message really on, on evangelism uh, about, you know, the need to get the gospel out. It was something that, uh, as I look back at it, that the Holy Ghost just did in my heart and in my life. 
And then uh, when I became a junior in high school, uh, not at a revival meeting, get this, Sammy, not at a revival meeting, <laughs> not at a uh, camp, not at a church function, but of all things, at a key club meeting at mm. my school, of which I was a member of, uh, a meeting of which I did not uh, plan on attending. There was a guest speaker that night, a minister, and he spoke of the call to ministry. And don't know who the man was, but uh, he spoke dismal of the call. <laughs> I remember that. But the whole time he spoke, something was churning within my heart and my life. And as I left there that night, I remember looking to my best friend, Don, and I said, Don, a preacher really has a difficult time of it, doesn't he? And my friend said, why, Frank, you're not considering being one, are you? That mm -hmm. very night when I got home, unbeknown to my parents where I was at, my mother called me to the bedroom and she said, son, <laughs> are you considering a call to the ministry? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I said, mama, I said, why do you ask that? And she said, because folks in the church are saying they see God's hand upon your life. Wow. And wow. And so I shared with her what happened that night. And uh, that was my call to ministry. And then uh, I went on and embarked toward preparation for ministry and uh, became a pastor at the age of uh, 19. And as a junior in college, the Lord laid on my heart the call to evangelism. That's been some 50 years ago. And it's a call of which now that I'm seeking to fulfill. So wow. that, that that's kind of a, a, an over, overview of how. A quick, how, a quick overview well, of yeah. it. Well, that, yes, that is great. Uh, I tell you what, that that's amazing. <laughs> First of all, at a key club meeting, I was in the key club. I wish somebody would have come <laughs> to my key club. <laughs> I was a Christian at the time. And uh, in fact, uh, I, uh, I, well, we won't go there where I was at yeah. that time. But, uh, but, but uh, that is that is fantastic to hear that how God began to stir in your heart. You know, and yet you never know where or when God's going to touch your heart or your life. Uh, it, it could be on a, a podcast <laughs> that you were yes, like this one. That, that's right. So uh, so that that's really exciting. But then to have it confirmed when when you came home with your mom, and I mean that's just the Holy Spirit uh, doing that. Yes, work. Uh, that that is that is fantastic. Well, I know that you've you're written a number of books, and uh, wow, I mean, you've just uh, uh, you, you must be busy writing a lot of time and uh, spending a lot of time writing. And and one of the things that I've appreciated about getting to know you is you're you're a very thoughtful person, and you think through things, and and I I really appreciate that. And uh, but but you've written one book that I want us to really get into uh, and talk about because it's what this podcast is really all about. And that is, the name of the book is Evangelistic Praying, Intercession for Laborers and the Lost. And, and I'm assuming that this comes from Matthew, Matthew chapter 9. Uh, th that's where the heart of the book comes from, because uh, that's what Jesus told us to do, is to pray for, for laborers in the harvest field, because it was right. So tell me... Uh, how you wrote the book, why you wrote the book, and then then let's get into some of the content of it because that's where I really want to go. So how did this come about? Two years ago, uh, this year, this March, uh, I was invited to speak at an associational meeting on the subject of prayer. And as I began praying and pondering 
what my subject would be for that that night, uh, I began thinking, you know, what can I share with these folks, basically seniors, uh, mature Christian people, on the subject of prayer that they've not already heard? And so I, I began to just uh, keep uh, praying and diving into the Word of God, and and I was brought to Matthew nine thirty seven and thirty eight, and as I looked into it and began doing my research of that text, my eyes opened to truth that I'd not seen hitherto before, mm. and it just transformed my prayer life in the study, and then enabled me to preach it. Uh, to that meeting, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, it just though I've written many books, Sammy, uh, twenty-five. This book I count the most important and the most imperative of all, even though it's the shortest. Well, well, um, that's uh, that's really interesting. Of course, you've got our curiosity stirred here on what is it that you saw that you hadn't seen before in that passage. And uh, so, if you could give us one thing, first of all, that that you saw that really impacted you as you were doing that study? What was it? It, it was praying, not for the lost people. You know, I've always done that, uh, as, as people who are hearing this pro- uh, podcast have. Uh, but praying for labors. And it's not that I've not prayed for labors, but not, to the, not with the intensity uh, as, as uh, I had in the past. It was as if my eyes opened up and said, you know, this is it. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus is saying that uh, there's a labor shortage in our world, that we're having labor trouble. Uh, the fields are widened to harvest, but we just don't have enough laborers to, to reap the harvest. There's so many thousands and thousands of people, uh, depending upon a messenger to take the gospel to them, and yet we don't have near the need of, of the number uh, to get that job done. And so as I began reflecting upon that, my heart was just, just stirred inwardly uh, like nothing before. And, and as a message unfolded, uh, uh, it birthed within me uh, uh, a complete uh, a, a, a difference in regard to, to, to my praying. So I'm praying for lost people, but but specifically praying for laborers to be raised up to go out out into the harvest. You know, it's it's interesting because one of the uh, things that you note about spiritual awakenings and revivals is many times uh, those awakenings take place among young people, uh, among college students and uh, youth. And I think one of the reasons is that that God is, is answering this prayer that you're talking about, that laborers would go into the harvest field. Um, the, the Jesus movement is a really good example, for instance. Uh, yes, yes. Back in the 19, late 60s, early 70s, there was a movement of the Spirit of God among young people. A lot of young people came to Christ, including myself. And today, you find many leaders, Christian leaders in America, are people who came to Christ during that time. In fact, my pastor <laughs> came to Christ during that time. And uh, so there's, there's a, uh, when we pray for laborers, uh, we really need, and I, and I think that you uh, uh, talk about schools and colleges and seminaries and 
that God would call people from those places. And so we need to pray for a move of the Spirit of God uh, in, in some of these institutions, some of these places where young people uh, are going, where they're living. Is, is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I find myself uh, on Sunday mornings uh, as, I, as I attend church and I'm saying, Lord, maybe here in this place today, Lord, as our churches uh, congregate across uh, the land and across the world, may it be this day, Lord, that through the preaching of the word that you would, Father, uh, raise up um, more workers for the uh, for the harvest. And in uh, the same for our, our Baptist institutions, our colleges and our seminaries, I find myself praying that, that uh, we have uh, we have some some very saintly young people in, in our schools. Uh, but hitherto, they've not uh, received any direction re- with regard to full time Christian ministry. And, and may it be that God will place his hand upon their lives and, and call them out and send them out. And, you know, and, and what we're working together with in Cosby, uh, this organization, one of my burdens is that we have uh, a new generation of evangelists. I mean, uh, it's we we have to see a, a, a work of God in in and among uh, young people today. We we have very few young evangelists. And one of the, the goals that I have is to identify some of these younger men and women that, that God's touching, that God's calling, and, and try to bring them uh, into a, a, a setting where we can disciple them, mentor them, and help them to become evangelists. And, and uh, th- that's one of the burdens on my heart. And, and you're doing a great job with that. Uh, if, if I might quote a couple of men, Bailey Smith, who has recently gone on to be with the Lord, um, he said this, he said, the real need is not to pray for souls, but soul winners. And then he went on to explain, the most effective praying is not for the lost world, but rather for the saved to have a concern for the world that's lost. Prayer then is to be used to get the saved awakened to the lostness of the loss. And and Robert Coleman, uh, who, who you have interviewed for a podcast, he said, there is no use to pray for the world. What good would that do? He says, God already loves them and has given his son to save them. No, there's no use to pray vaguely for the world. The world is lost and blind in sin. The only hope for the world is for laborers to go to them with the gospel of salvation. And that's why we have to pray for laborers. And let me share one more from C.H. Spurgeon. Get this. He said, the gospel will not be revealed to men by any supernatural agency. We must go with it. They cannot learn it without being taught it. No man will know the gospel unless somebody shall tell it to him by word of mouth or by the gift of a book or a track or by a letter or by the open preaching of the word. And so labors are a must. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, why would uh, a non-Christian be concerned about his soul if a Christian is not concerned for his soul? <laughs> yes. You know, yes. A non-Christian has, you know, his, his, his heart is dead under the things of God. So a, a Christian, someone has to be stirred who's, who has the Spirit of God living within them. And, and of course, I really believe that uh, the Holy Spirit in us will give us that passion to reach others. The problem is Christians are dormant. They're, we're uh, 
dead and I don't, maybe dead is not the right word. We're asleep and we need to be awakened, uh, to, yes, sir. to the spirit of God at work within us, wanting to give us that burden for, for people. Uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> and, and I think Sammy, as we pray in part that we, we receive that burden, uh, of course, we receive it in other ways, too, from reading the Word of God and from actually getting out there and talking to people about Jesus and the trenches and trying to bring them to saving faith. But as we pray, as we pray for the laws and as we pray for laborers, our hearts become inflamed for laborers and for the laws. C.H. Uh, Spurgeon said something, and this, this got a hold to me when I was writing when I was preparing that sermon two years ago and, and also in writing this brief book, he said that there's no text in all of Scripture outside of Matthew 9, 38 that weighed on his heart more than any other, that it haunted him perpetually. I didn't understand what he was talking about. And, mm-hmm. and so I got more and more into the text, and, and finally it dawned on I said, I got it. Mm-hmm. And though I don't in any wise... Uh, equate myself anywhere near the label of say Spurgeon. I get it, Spurgeon. I get what you're talking about. And now my life is haunted by that same text. Every day at nine at nine thirty-eight my alarm goes off in the morning, reminding me to stop what I'm doing and pray for laborers specifically. Amen. Amen. We we we've got to have them. And Jesus says that this labor shortage can only be supplied not by us recruiting them out, but by us praying them out, by asking the Lord of the harvest to thrust them into the field. Yeah. And so that's, that's the burden and the passion of the text of Jesus, I think. Yeah. And, and let me ask you about this, and, uh, and let's discuss this just a little bit. The, the laborers are not just full-time evangelists, no. full-time pastors. No. Every Christian ought to be in the harvest field. It, it yes, takes sir. all of us to reap the harvest. And so we need to be praying for uh, doctors in the medical field <laughs> to, to, yes, sir. to be out there as a laborer. You know, I, when I had prostate cancer uh, about 11 years ago, and um, I have a dear friend who is a surgeon, one of the foremost uh, orthopedic surgeons in the world and he actually travels lecturing he developed a form of surgery on uh, shoulder surgery but anyway he's a great christian great he cheers jesus prays with his patients and uh, the hospitals got upset with him but they couldn't do anything because he was so well known they couldn't <laughs> let him go but he he witnesses and cheers christ and boy just as a, a a dynamic witness out there in the medical field but when I uh, was diagnosed with, with cancer and I was going to have to have surgery, uh, he said to me, he said, Sammy, this is not about your health. This is not about your surgery. This is about God's kingdom. And he mm. said, you're going to meet people in that hospital uh, that, that I'm meeting every day that need Jesus. And you're going to have an opportunity to share Jesus with them. And so he said, Amen. He said, so he said, what this is about is God's kingdom in their hearts. And so I'm going to, what I'm going to pray, be praying for you more than anything else is I'm going to be praying that God's kingdom will come while you're in that hospital. 
and the people. Amen. And and boy, I tell you what, did it when when I found out he was praying that way, he was praying <laughs> for me to be a laborer, not just be a, yeah. a, a patient, but to be a laborer <laughs> in in the yeah, hospital. And and that's Mate. to me, that's what uh, God wants. And I think for all of us, when we think of laborers, okay, we need to pray for people going full time ministry, and we do, we absolutely do. We, we believe me, I know as I go around the world, there's a shortage of people, godly people. I mean, we need more pastors, more leaders, but we also need those of us who are in ministry as well as everyone else to see that the harvest is all around us and we need to pray for laborers in that harvest field. I I think that context, you know, of, of Jesus seeing the harvest field and saying, we need laborers in it now. I mean, boy, look at this. We need laborers. And, uh, and 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 as we and as we pray, be be ready and willing to answer our own prayer. That's what you're saying. Yeah. That as we I'm pray for labors, be willing to be the answer to that prayer. And and so I, I, I get it. I get what you're saying, and, and that's what Jesus was saying. And and every day, you know, I pray. I pray, Lord, specifically. I say, Lord, raise up harvest evangelists. But I go beyond that. Pastors, yes, I pray for that. Soul winners, yes. But then I pray for missionaries, and I say, Lord, uh, not only vocational, but volunteer, not only long-term, but short-term. And then I pray for intercessors, Lord, we need more people to pray for those who are laboring on the harvest field. That's a, that's a great ministry. And Lord, I'm praying for givers, for those that you would raise up that can, can contribute financially to enable people to go out there to the harvest field and remain on the harvest field uh, uh, sharing the gospel seed. And, and, and again, for Bible translators and linguists, and, and like you say, uh, the, the heaven is a limit as to, to, to who you are and what you're doing, but as a layperson to be involved in taking the gospel to the, the, to the lost. You know, and that, that harvest is just all around us. I mean, everywhere we go, there, there is that harvest. And if we could just see that and pray for laborers, we need to pray for auto mechanics who will be laborers right there where they're, Amen. you know, we need to pray for, uh, you know, and, and, and this was a part of what happened during the Jesus movement. Everybody, there was this movement. People had a burden to share Jesus with other people. And, and you went to the streets, you went wherever the people were, wherever the harvest was, you know, you went out there to that. And so we have to, um, we, 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 we have to see our, our own responsibility, and we need to pray for everyone around us. The church needs, and to me, this is revival in the church. Uh, Amen. Uh, to, Amen. When the church begins to see the harvest field and begins to pray for laborers, and you know, it, it's like um, Wayne Jenkins, who you know I've done an interview with also, uh, and Wayne passed uh, here a few months ago, but uh, he and I uh, did an, some interviews before he passed. He was evangelism director for the Louisiana Baptist Convention, and, 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 and we were talking, and he said something very interesting to me. He says, you go after what you pray for. Mm, said, amen. He said, well, if you're, if you're praying for a house, then you go out looking for a house. <laughs> if you're praying for a car, then you go out looking for where you can find a car. And he says, so if you're praying for laborers in the harvest field, then then you make your you avail yourself to be a laborer 
you're praying for lost people, you go out and begin to to look for them. You become that laborer. And so I think uh, just doing what you're saying, praying for laborers, if we just started praying for laborers, just among us who are praying, we would probably have revival. <laughs> wow. Amen. You know, yes, uh, sir. so, I mean, it, it would be tremendous. Well, uh, well that's, that's Ian, Ian Bounds touched on that. He said missionaries, and we put in there uh, a lay people as well. Uh, like ministers are born of praying people. A praying church begets labors in the harvest field of the world. The scarcity of missionaries argues a non-praying church. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 that's where it begins. And and it's very interesting that revival always begins with prayer. And, and yes, what I what I have found is that there are two things that produce revival: uh, a spiritual awakening. One is when our hearts are broken over our own sinfulness, and we see. Yes how holy God is and how messed up we are. We are broken before him. We are humbled before him and we cry out to him for him to do a work in our lives. And oh, we need that. The second thing is when we are broken over the lostness of the world and we look around us and we see the world around us and, and we see the harvest field and we see how broken people are. You know, when Jesus said that, he was looking at people who are sick, who are broken, who are messed up. And, and he looked out and he says, this is the harvest. We just need laborers in that harvest field. Yes. <clears throat> Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. So, so, you know, we, we need to, when we, when we begin to do that, that's the beginning of revival, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is that, that revival is always preceded when people begin to have a burden and begin to pray for others and you know, that's, that's, for the heart. That's how it happened to Isaiah. He, he looked, he looked up, he looked in and then he looked out. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, uh, if you were to tell, and let's kind of wrap this up here. If you were to say to a pastor, one thing that, that he needs to do, or she needs to do a, 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 a lady in the church or a leader, any kind of person, a young person, if you're sitting there. When you talk to them, at, at that associational meeting that you were talking about, what one thing did you want them to go away with? To pray for laborers. I knew in my heart, they knew what it was to pray for the loss. And that's not to any wise to diminish the importance of doing that. It's all like two wings on an airplane. You know, uh, you want to do both, you know, pray for the loss and pray for laborers. But, but, but I wanted them to leave as I want, those who are hearing this podcast to leave with, with the idea that keep praying for the lost, but we need to get serious about praying for labors. And Jesus told us to do it. So we know it's going to work. And that's what I carry with me when I make Amen. that my prayer each day. Amen. You know, Jesus, you said, do it. You promised that if we would, but do it, you would hear. You said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he might send forth laborers into the fields for they are white under harvest. Lord, you told us to do that. I'm taking you at your word. I'm believing you for that. And I'm going to now pray and believe you to do this. Secondly, I would ask them if they have needs in their church right now, uh, you know, if they need 
uh, staff people to fill positions, if they're looking for a pastor, an under-shepherd, uh, if they're needing more soldiers, if they're needing more teachers, if they're needing more youth workers or children workers, more lay people involved in, in, in the work of it, pray for that. You know, get along before God and say, God, you know, will you dispatch these people to our church to help us here on the harvest field reap the harvest? And believe God will do that. Amen. Well, I tell you what, I hope that every person listening to this will will take this seriously, begin to pray for laborers in our harvest fields, and let's just see what God does. It's a, We know it's in his heart that we pray that way, yes, so he told us to. Amen. So we know it's his will, so we can expect him to answer it. So let's let's begin to pray. Pastor, let's begin to pray. Uh, Church leader, let's begin to pray. And Frank, why don't you just lead us in prayer for labors in our harvest field as we close out this, um, this podcast? Yes. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have given us guidance as to how we might be able to reach the multitudes of the loss all about us. Mm. Yes, before us, we see a labor shortage. Mm-hmm. We see it in our convention. We see it in our churches. We see it, Father, on the mission field. We see it, Father, in our neighborhood. We see it at our doorstep. Yes, Lord. Lord, there's no way that we can reach the 5 billion-plus lost people in our world with the labor force that we have right now. Mm. But Lord, you have given us the plan. You mm. said it's not up to us to recruit them out or to solicit them, mm-hmm. but rather you said our part is to pray them out. Mm-hmm. And therefore, Lord, right now, with others who are praying with me in this podcast, along with Brother Sammy, God, we're praying, Lord, that right now that you'd reach your hand down in the hearts and our seminaries and our colleges and our churches and our homes and in the various sundry places of our world where people are. And that Lord Jesus, you may father call them out to go mm-hmm. and may father, when they but re- hear that call, may they throw up their hand with Isaiah and say, Lord, here am I, send me, send me. Lord, we're just, we're just not looking for any any kind of labor. Lord, we're looking for your kind of labor, a God-sent, Holy Spirit-infilled labor yes. to the nations. God, grant it, we pray. Lord, if nothing else in these last days, use Frank Shivers, use Sammy Tibbet, use Father these who are hearing this podcast. Use us, Father, to be a, a means of calling laborers out through the means of prayer. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And yes, amen, our soon-to-return King. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Frank. I appreciate you sharing this with us. And by the way, before we close, where can they get the book? Uh, Uh, They can get it at Amazon. They can get it at my website, www.frankshivers.com. And if anyone cannot afford it, I'll be glad to send it to them as a complimentary copy. Okay. Free. And the, the name of the book, is, if you go on Amazon to look for it, is Evangelistic Praying, Intercession for Laborers and the Lost by Frank Shivers. Evangelistic Praying, Intercession for Laborers and the Lost by Frank Shivers. Thank you, Frank, so much for sharing these thoughts with us. I appreciate it so very much. And God bless you and every one of you who are listening. I pray that God will ignite a passion in your heart 
to reach our world for Jesus Christ. God bless you. Until next week. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.